Hello, and welcome back to, hi, you could say hi, yes. I wasn't okay. asking if I could. Oh, you, <laughs> you look like you want to say hi. Um, welcome back to another episode of uh, what I'm still calling Chronicles of a Speech for Therapist, and maybe tonight we will get a name figured out, but I am here at, with my very first interviewee ever. Whoa. Whoa. And um, it's just, I think, probably the most appropriate first interview to do because you're the person that knows me probably the best. Also, you um, know how to be a super source of calm for me when things at work do get a little bit crazier. And since I'm talking mostly about work on this podcast, it's just appropriate. You bring a whole new perspective. So please welcome the one and only Mark Little. Wow, thank you so much for having You're me here. Welcome. Honored to be the first of many guests. Yes, I like that. I like that you put that that way. Yeah. Um, I know. So we are trying a Zoom call right now to do this because um, we record our own podcast together. But I have to learn how to do Zoom interviews. Uh, and podcast them and record them. No, nope. um, I'm not. I'm not explaining it to you. I'm explaining it to you, the listeners, because uh, you don't oh, okay. know. Because it um, it might seem like uh, we're we're not quarantining together, but we kind of are, sort of. So yeah. Anyways, um, but yeah. Uh, on this episode, I want to ask Mark some questions. Um, and kind of pick his brain a little bit on, on the things you've learned through me about speech therapy, um, but then also talk about what, it's, what you've learned as far as being uh, a support to a speech therapist, in a sense. Um, and then, you know, maybe we could pick a name for my podcast, too, because you're pretty creative like that. So uh, It's possible. It's a possibility. It is possible. Do you have any ideas right now at the top of your head? Uh, the speech podcast with Marie. I'm not loving it. Okay. I don't hate it. I okay. So here's what I'm thinking. Well, I want that. Yeah, my goal of this podcast is to kind of blend my work as a speech therapist um, with kind of some mindfulness stuff. So, like some the gratitude stuff I do. The, say thanks more stuff that I do but I'm also my also my other goal is to keep the name like something that'll roll off the tongue and eat quick and easy those are my guidelines okay uh quick and easy I would say your current name is out thanks Morris no, the, oh, the chronicles of chronicles. a speech. Oh, yeah. No, we knew that. Um, I knew that. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we'll think about it uh, as we go through the episode. Maybe something will pop up. But we'll, let me start off with a question, a burning question I have for you that I don't know if I've ever really asked you. And so I'm putting you on the spot. But what... If you could name a few things or one big thing or however you want to answer this, what is something or some things that you learned from me about speech pathology, speech and language pathology, like real things? 
What are some real things that I learned from you? Um, uh, I learned what uh, dysphagia is. What is I it? Think. Uh, right. Right. Say that one more time because it kind of broke up. When you are unable to speak correctly. You're so close, but no. Come on. No. All right. Dig deeper. <clears throat> you can't make your mouth make the sounds you want to make. No, you just did it when you went. <clears throat> you make sounds. Not sounds. No, it has to do with eating. Oh, all right. Well, whatever. Dysphagia uh, is when you have a difficult time swallowing. Uh, okay. And then uh, aphasia, something else, is, uh, is another thing that is not good. Uh, <laughs> and these are, all, there are, these are all things to be avoided within the, um, the speech community. So I know that. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> I learned that, <laughs> that speech has a lot more to do with like uh kids who are uh, autistic and on the spectrum and stuff and it has to do with just like teaching kids to talk um is that you that's true there's um that's not a question for you i just know that that's a fact okay it's free i'm freezing really bad i'm wondering if it's my internet um uh, okay, you've really learned that, or you're being funny? What do you mean? No, I really learned that. What are you talking about? Okay, all right. I'm interested. This is interesting. It's your perspective. How is, so. how is that funny? I don't even understand how that's I funny. I know, because you said that you've learned that speech therapy has a lot more to do with children or individuals who are on the spectrum than it does with actually learning how to talk. <laughs> it seems to be the case. And it's... Uh, that's not really, um, that, at least for me, that's not at all within my perspective <laughs> of that's, what I do. That seems inaccurate. I feel like that's what you say. I think, every, I think but, I, but I will give you, like, I think that because the work I do, I, I work with more, like, the, the kids on my caseload, there's a lot more of them who have autism. So when I tell you my stories, it sounds a lot like I work when and I do, I work in a population that just that tends to be the majority of what I work with, but it's definitely not the majority of what we work with in the field. It just in my specific arena, it is what I, I work with the most. And it is my favorite thing to work with. I like working with autism spectrum disorders and learning from those individuals. Um, I just feel like it makes, makes us all better people because we get new perspectives on life. And I think you hear a lot of those stories and how much I love working with my children um, who do have autism, but I also love it just as much working in this field, just as much with my kids who can't say their R's or S's. Um, but yeah, I definitely have a oh, heavier. Really? Yes. <laughs> I just maybe don't talk about it as much because I definitely think ever since grad school, the, the whole uh, theory of mind thing has been something that's super interesting to me and learning how to understand the world of those that have a little bit more of a difficulty understanding others' perspectives is super interesting to me. It's something I'd like to research more one day um, and write articles on and stuff like that. So, so. Mm -hmm. 
that's what you, I mean, you do hear a lot of that. Plus we do improv together and I'm always talking about how to do like um, social therapy with improv uh, basics and foundations. So yeah. Um, okay. That is so those are the things you've learned. Thank you. for What? Yes. Uh, the, those are the things I've learned. Let's see. What else have I learned? Um, I think that's a, a majority of it. I've learned how uh, useful improv can be for, I guess, like your specific caseload uh, and uh, students yeah. and whatnot. So other than that, what have I learned it's about speech? There's a whole group of speech pathologists out there trying to make it big on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, I've learned that. <laughs> and... I don't know what else. I mean, I, you don't have to. That's good. I'm just curious. I'm really curious because I'm also going to be interviewing um, my two best friends next. They are mm -hmm. one of them um, you work with, uh, my friend Becca. And then the other um, is a nurse. Shout out to both of them. They've both been super supportive at a distance right now, of course, of me and starting the podcast and um, just all the things I've been doing as I'm still working from home. But I'm going to um, be also asking them kind of like, what is it like to have a friend who is a speech pathologist? Because I think, you know, again, there's so much of speech, um, so many different like, not misconceptions, but just so many perspectives that just I'm so surprised of how vague, like even teachers that I work with, how they don't really understand exactly what a speech therapist does. Um, and so it's, it's fun to get to interview you and then I'll interview the girls next time before I start interviewing um, more speech pathologists because we'll get into more of, you know, we have our own language that we speak to each other sometimes. So I kind of want to, mm -hmm. I want to sort of bridge that gap first and like, you know, make this something that anybody would really maybe be interested in listening to because, I mean, we're cool peeps, speech pathologists. Wouldn't you agree, Mark Little? Um, I would say, you know, there's, there are cool people in uh, every profession. Um, I would not make the overarching state statement that all speech pathologists are cool people just by nature of uh, the job they do. I think okay. that's a, a gross, a gross overstatement and, oh, um, is at best, uh, at best, a little bit uh, of a dangerous assumption really? because I'm sure there's a just out there who is just who's not all that great and i would hate well, to meet that person one day and then and then have someone else come up to me and say but you stated that all speech pathologists are are cool and then so no i i i understand your sentiment but i i think it's um was made erroneously. so i just i just want to make that clear for you Thank you. You know what? You know, I've always, I always say this to, to friends and, and the people that even if they don't know you, I, I let them know that you're an honest guy. And um, I'm always, sure, <laughs> I'm always sure to, to remind people that, you know, even though sometimes what you say comes across a little bit, hmm, I don't know, maybe harsh, um, you mean well, you always mean well, and you're always coming from a place of love. Isn't that right? There was nothing harsh about that. 
Um, and uh, all I meant was to, was to be truthful. So if to, to be truthful is to mean well, then yes, then, then I meant well. I'm just teasing you. Um, oh. You know, I like to kid around as much as you do. So, sorry, I'm moving because the internet is being super, super wonky. It's been fine all day until now, but we're going to sit right here, super close to where the internet hits. All right. So, did you know that I graduated three years ago? on April 30th and we're almost there. This is April, April 22nd. Oh my gosh. Did you uh, realize that? I guess I should have because two days ago was April 20th, 2020. So it was 420, 420. Yeah, absolutely. That. Yeah. Um, so that means I actually, I really quick before I get into this next part, I wanted to tell the story about, cause you brought up the fact that you knew what dysphagia was. And so, yeah, so, um, which we found out you actually don't remember, but that's okay. Cause it's been four years since I taught you, right? Four years, no, three years. It's no, it's been four years since I taught you what that was. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, mm, I don't think so. Yes. It's been four years. Cause that was before we even started dating. And, um, it was my first year during my first year of grad school. I remember I was studying, we were both working together at Fleming Steakhouse. And I was studying flashcards one night at work by the coffee maker and you came over and um, I don't even know what you said, but you're like, what are you doing? And you offered to kind of help me study. So you let me just tell you everything like that I was studying and it helped me learn it. I was getting C's on that specific on my um, physio and anatomy exams. Like I would get straight C's and maybe B minuses. What? C's. People are going to be pulling their kids out of your class now. Think of this. No, I mean it was not easy. Anatomy and physiology of speech. That is an average grade. A C is just not is not good. Well, but the thing about the thing about being a speech pathologist, which that's why I did so well, was because they look at the application of it. That's the whole point of our job. Is like, okay, yeah, there's these facts, but can you take them into a clinical setting and apply them? And that's how we learn. Everything was hands on, which is amazing. But anyways, the point is, is that I was, I will say my first semester of grad school, I was like, I was a mess. Um, I was just going through a lot of stuff and having to grow through a lot of stuff. But my second semester, I kicked butt. And because I realized like, I can't, I can't let the outside things affect me if I want to do this, right? Um, but anyways, you helped me get an A, a straight, like solid 96% on that exam. Um, because you had me just repeat over and over to you about what I was, um, what I was learning and what I was studying. So that's dysphagia. It was all that stuff. So thank you for that. Um, that's a fun fact. Uh, oh, you're it's probably, that is a fun fact. you know, part, it's probably part of your method to get me to date you. Um, you know, let me just, let me just help her study. Let me help, help this cool speech pathologist out. Um, or future speech pathologist. So I just wanted to share no, that, that fun part. fact. That is a fun fact. That's extremely fun. It is extremely fun. And now that it's now it's three years after I graduated, do you find uh, that in those three years I've like changed a lot as far as my perspective or my um, 
work ethic goes or that I haven't changed at all or? Um, I mean, probably the changes that I noticed the most is that you're um, more confident, obviously, in, in what you're doing as far as the speech stuff goes and more willing to just make your own decisions and not yeah. be so worried about, you know, what, uh, what another teacher or another, uh, speech pathologist or whatever thinks, you know, within reason, like you want to, you want to take their stuff into account sometimes, but, sure. uh, now you're more comfortable making, just making your own decisions and, and not getting super hung up on it. Um, which I think is, which I think is good. I think that that goes for any, any field really is you have to just do the stuff and try it. And if mm -hmm. it works, it works. And if it doesn't work, then you, you know, back to the drawing board and, and, uh, but you can't just wait, um, for someone else to tell you to go ahead. And I think you've gotten yeah. better at that. So that's good. Yeah. And I'm super grateful for that. I feel like, you know, in grad school, when we we're getting ready to graduate, they tell you, and I don't know how many grad programs is, but they literally tell you like, it takes four to five years for you to feel like you get into a groove as a speech pathologist. And that scared me. I was like, I am sorry. I don't want to wait four to five years. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not down for that. Um, it just sounds like a long time. But I mean, at the same time, I was like, but I know I want to do this. So I'm going to do what it takes. And, you know, you go through the first year of uh, being a speech pathologist as um, like being supervised. And you definitely, I don't, I think, a part of it is you're brand new at it, but then a part of it is you have somebody that's literally signing off on everything you do to where you don't feel like you can do anything, you make any big decisions as far as the job goes without running every little thing by, I mean, I had to send in every report to my supervisor for her to edit. And like, it's just a long process and you don't feel, you feel like, well, am I competent? Like not nothing against her, but the whole process sometimes kind of trips you up. And then um, my first year, or my second year, my second full year, All I right. moved to a different grade level. So then I was like, well, now I'm learning everything all over again because I started doing preschool. But I think that doing that and get going into preschool like at that early on and, and changing everything up for myself kind of pushed me to be like, you know what? I, yeah, I don't care. Like, I mean, I care about my job and I care about my colleagues, but I'm going to, I feel confident to make my own decisions because I was able to handle first, my first year with preschoolers. <laughs> so if I can do that and get, you know, hit and bit and spit on uh, multiple times uh, a week or even a session, then I'm just, I'm just going to make my own decisions kind of thing. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I think so. Yeah. So it, it might not take you four to five years, guys. It might take you three. Um, to really feel like you have groove and then you might uh, you might feel like you have a really great groove and, and you're confident and everything and um, you, your school gets shut down because of coronavirus and you you have to learn a whole new way of doing things so that's fun yeah right <laughs> but I will say I think that confidence did help a lot because there was so much time waiting and people spent waiting for answers from the higher-ups and I didn't really wait and um because I, I didn't want to and I started figuring out how to do things in my own way and I'm really grateful that I did because it's making my life easier now um, oh yeah exactly gotta got out of the head of the curve because you figure you know they're gonna do something uh 
It's yeah. not just going to be like, okay, good luck, everyone. So uh, no. good move. Good move on figuring out what those moves would be and kind of getting a, a few steps ahead of the game. Yeah, because I'll tell you, like, old, old Marie or old Miss M, whatever, wouldn't have done that um, because – I would have been so worried about doing the wrong thing and Mm -hmm. I am grateful. And that's again, and I think, you know, I, I have people in my life like you who you're like, you can do it though. Just do it until you're told to, you know, like, cause I started making videos and putting them on YouTube and stuff and for my students. And um, Mm -hmm. you're like, until you're told not to do it, just do it because it's only going to be better in the long run. You're going to have more material. And I think about all the things I've done in the last three weeks or four or five weeks, whatever. I have material for next year, completely ready. Yeah. So I'm like, then I'm just even, you know, more um, prepared. And uh, SLPs, man, you know, we get this uh, stereotype of being type A human beings. Not all of us are. I'm not type A all the time. I can be sometimes, but. I'm more like I have a lot of type B tendencies when it comes to work, which is, I think, a good thing. But um, yeah, we we always want to be prepared. I think we all want to feel like we're at least prepared enough to help others. So that's a good feeling. Mm -hmm. (sighs) That is is a good feeling. So would you recommend that um, other people uh, be in relationships with speech pathologists? Um, n- no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, who cares? Um, yeah, sure. Curious. It's just a fun question. Sometimes people, people like to hear about, uh, you know, I don't know, like, like if you were to tell, if you were to give somebody like five things or not even five, but like a handful of things that they should know before like dating an SLP. Like let's say there, there were two individuals and one was um, they were on their first date. What should, and one of them's an SLP. What should the other one know? Like what are they getting themselves into? Oh, I see. I see. Uh, You're signing up to hear about a bunch of children that you don't know. We'll never meet. And one, huh? Well, we don't what? always work with children. Some people work with adults. Okay. Well, you're, you're, you're signing up to hear anonymously about uh, quite a few individuals uh, who are making progress in things that you can probably do already. Uh, <laughs> so it's... <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, what else? Um, you get... I don't know. You just got to be prepared for uh, for that person to be um, super emotionally invested in these children and um, or or other individuals and um, have a hard time. What? Wait, you look shocked. Or, oh, you, see, yeah. you, you don't think you're emotionally invested in your yeah, in your I, students in your in those kids? No, I am. Yeah. So. I would say that. And then, uh, I don't know. I think just, you you just got to learn to just kind of tune out whoever uh, is talking to you. And just when you're on. (laughs) I can't, can't believe you. That's probably the best, the best advice I can give. Um, what else? 
I don't know. You get to go to cool uh, freaking um, workshops, so that's cool. That seems that seems fun. Um, that, oh, you're now you're you know, to the person the, that's an SLP. Yeah, no, I know. I'm, that's not my job, though. I'm supposed to think about people no. in relationships with. No, you let's don't. Let's see you don't what else. Um, I, I think I. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just. I was speaking still. Uh, probably just. <laughs> You have to be prepared for them to to stress out over things that um, they can't control for some reason. Um, and like what? Um, can we get an example? Uh, I don't exactly know. Um, any anything that you can't control, any any sort of any sort of situation or scenario. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No. Be prepared. You got to be prepared to say calm down a lot. Uh, yeah, you got to be prepared to think it and maybe maybe wait at least 10 minutes after the the no. mental. The yeah. thing is 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 saying calm down is like offering a it's like offering medicines. So why would you wait? You know what I mean? Like if you if someone came into the hospital uh, and was suffering from a heart attack and maybe their heart had stopped, the doctor wouldn't say Hold on, let's give him 10 minutes before we uh, hit him with these paddles, hit him with the defibrillator, right? You want to you wanna oh get that thing gosh. on the chest. So what I do is I just consider myself like a, like a doctor in a sense, and I just I'll sprinkle in a calm down here and there just to keep things nice and smooth. Nice. Yeah, yeah. happy to help. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, if you guys wonder why I like to have a lot of fun, uh, Mark and I have a lot of fun. <laughs> that's that's the that's the truth. Um, yeah. No, I do. Uh, I do know that. You know, I think part of the the control thing. I I don't think I'm not going to sit here and say all SLPs are like. You know, we're not all Type A or we're not all whatever. We're not all control freaks. But I definitely think that um, the part of my brain that likes to be organized and likes to be uh, front-loaded and know what's coming has a hard time. And that's just always, that's a personality trait. I, I have a hard time with change. And so when things happen and I don't anticipate them and I can't, uh, I can't control them or I don't know what the outcome is, it's hard to accept, but that's like one of my personal goals is I'm learning to work with change and go with it instead of resist it. And I know that that makes me a better human, but it also makes me a really good SLP, which is, it's really funny because one of the first traits they tell you to have as an SLP that you're kind of like told, if you don't, if you're not flexible, you're not going to do well in this job. Um, it's that mm -hmm. flexibility. And I, I do feel like when I'm in a therapy session with students or even in an IEP meeting, I'm patient and I'm flexible. Those are my two best traits. It, again, in a therapy session or in an IEP meeting. But when I walk mm -hmm. out of those, I lose that sometimes. So as a clinician or as a therapist, I can do it. Like I can hone those skills. I was meant to do that. And then I walk out of it and then COVID happens and I'm quarantined and I freak out because I can't control it. And I have a hard time being flexible with the new things that I have to do. Um, and so I have to remind myself like, well, what would I do if this was just a therapy session? I'd be great because I pull out things all the time and kids don't want to do them. And that's what I planned. And I'm able to be like, okay, well, we'll just sing songs and play. 
like or okay we'll just do it the way that you're gonna have to have to do it because there's no other way so yeah i think uh it'd be good to you know roll as much of that as you can into uh into your daily life oh yeah and i'm it's funny i'm like so aware of it now because i remember when i first started um in undergrad working with clients as like a assistant clinician and stuff i loved it and i would tell my mom and she'd be like really you because you're not patient marie like you can't sit with me and teach me how to do something on the computer you get irritated when i don't know and i'm like mm -hmm. i know it's kind of weird and i know i'm that way like with other people too but with my students and with clients i've always been like super I, it's just interesting so it's hmm. something that I've definitely thought okay well I want to be like that everywhere I go not just with my clients but they yeah. can teach me how to keep doing it you know right so yeah oh huh. that is it's a good skill good skill to have it is a good skill and you know and I see people like you being able to do it in life all the time so it's super super um inspirational so thank you oh yeah hey you're welcome i don't know if i do it all the time but not all the time I try to do it <laughs> uh we all uh it's okay mark we all have our times to fall short you know oh i didn't say that <laughs> well uh did you have any final thoughts or any fun anecdotes you'd like to share a fun anecdote um I I don't really know. I don't really have any fun anecdotes. Um, final thoughts? I mean, speech overall to me sounds it sounds pretty cool. It sounds like um, you guys at least you get to do a lot of good in like some kids' lives and just people like some adults do when you work with adults or whatever. Um, and I think you know you get to work on and help communicate which is which is vitally important and uh throughout regular school it doesn't really seem to be taught all that much how to communicate effectively so uh i think it's, i think it's cool it obviously takes a certain kind of person to to be able to be um patient with kids especially with kids or adults that that you can't understand um or that uh you know that just aren't making a whole lot of sense even and then they probably know they're not making sense and that's probably why they're frustrated there you go so it's a thing no exactly <laughs> well it's funny that exactly we you know we talk a lot about like uh, why people make act the way they do or whatever and they always bring it back to communication like well what is the difficulty communicating whatever it is that they have to communicate right um but you know we're always it's always something that we keep in the back of our minds and i forget it from time to time but it's, it's good to have there um but thank you for your insight and uh oh, I, you know i don't know if i i mean i know i'm going to say this but i don't know how much credibility this would have but i feel like mark in, in the last three years i mean you don't you don't have your degree, but I feel like you could be a pretty solid speech therapist now with all the with all the stuff you've listened to me talk about. 
I honestly have no doubt that I could be an excellent speech therapist, pathologist. Um, therapist. Yeah, I sincerely believe that. So there you go. Nice. Did you think of a name for my podcast yet? Um, Mark's Speech Pathology Podcast. Nice. All right. I'll think about I think it. You should call it that. See if that works. Yeah, workshop it. All right, I will. Well, on that fun note, uh, we'll be workshopping a name and getting back to you. But I don't know. Did I introduce myself at the beginning? I probably forgot. Um, but I am I Murataya. What? So, no, I just said I, I don't think you did. I don't think I did either. All right, this is fun on Zoom. Thanks for helping me out. I'm Marie Murataya. Thank you, Mark, for being here. And uh, you bet. Until next time.